Thank you for joining us on this episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett, where we examine current and emerging technologies through the lens of diversity and equality. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about, uh, I'm just going to call this uh, The Gods Must Be Crazy, because uh, <laughs> Rochelle uh, brought that up just as we were uh, we were beginning to fire up this Zoom here. And uh, we had to stop because I was like, oh, no, wait, 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 we got to start recording this. This is great. This is great. <laughs> so uh, for folks that don't know, uh, The Gods Must Be Crazy is an older, I guess it's an older film. It was around like what, in like maybe the 80s, Rochelle? It was made in 1980, exactly. Nice, nice. Uh, I have like very vague recollections of this movie. And in fact, I think my recollections are wrong based on uh, our little pre-chat. But uh, the big thing I remember from it is a Coke bottle falls out of the air into like a small uh, tribal village and, uh, and really like they don't know what to do with it. And we're going to, or maybe they do know what to do with it. They do some weird things with it. And the thing that always stuck me, stuck with me about that movie when I first heard about it was uh I think it was my dad who was telling me about it. And he's like, yeah, these people get a, uh, a Coke bottle and they don't know what it is. And I was like, how do people not know what a Coke bottle is? Like being young, I'm like, everybody knows what a Coke bottle is. Like Coke bottles are everywhere. Like how could someone not know what a Coke bottle is? And, uh, and I think we can bring that all around back to technology. So Rochelle, I'll let you like pick up right where you were before we, <laughs> before we started recording and sort of summarize what this movie is and how it does relate to technology. So The Gods Must Be Crazy is a movie, I believe, set in some part of Africa. I'm not exactly sure, but somewhere like that. The people are called the Bush people, and they have no exposure to civilization or any kind of innovation at all. And they live in these small little communities. You know, they the men wear very little clothes, the women, you know, also, you know, and um, somehow or another, an airplane is flying over the area where they live and a Coke bottle, uh, one of the, the original Coke bottles, not the big old giant 16 or 28, but a little teeny Coke bottle falls out of the sky and it hits one of the Bushmen in the head as he's walking along his, his path. And uh, he picks up the bottle and, you know, he can figure out what he examines. It looks at it all different kind of ways and he can't figure out what it is. And so he tries to throw, he throws it up in the air, it falls back down and hits him again. He does all kinds of, cause he's trying to throw it back from wherever it came from, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, as you can imagine, most of these people are superstitious and have all kinds of things about, you know, gods and things of that nature. So he can't, so he eventually picks up the bottle and walks back to his tribal home where all of his tribal mates are and they pass the bottle around and, you know, they find all these wonderful uses for it. So it becomes a hammer so they can break open nuts. It becomes a weapon so they can use it to uh, kind of battle against things in the element. They use it as a rolling pin. It has all kinds of wonderful uses. And um, eventually uh, the Coke bottle becomes uh, in demand. Everybody wants it, you know, cause everybody has a use for it, right? Some, everybody has some need for it, you know, so whatever it is. And then there becomes a, a demand for it. And if you can imagine anything with demand, when you have a huge demand, you create this kind of, you know, anguish, anxiety or something in the group where people are thinking, okay, well, I, I've got to have it. I've got to have it and whatever it is. And so they start to quarrel among themselves over this bottle. So the Bushman who finds it decides I'm going to take it away 
and get rid of it because it's really causing chaos in our in our group. And so the movie kind of goes on. And there's a lot of really funny things. It's a, it's a hilarious movie. If you've never seen it. It's absolutely hilarious. It is really, really good. Uh, but uh, the point for me of the movie, I, it ran across my mind. I don't know why, but something had happened. It made me think of it uh, a couple of days ago. And I said, oh, I got to tell Drew about this. <laughs> but um, uh, the, the advent of technology and how it is created with the society that we live in today. So, for example, Drew and I were talking before he started recording it. Or he, you know, he tells me we're going to record. I don't have a choice, record, <laughs> but I'm just kidding. But um, we were talking about there's this show that comes on the History Channel of, of people who built things. And like, so they talk about Tesla. They talk about Ford. They talk about uh, Black and Decker. You, you pick whoever, it, whatever a thing is that we have today, that person's story is on the History Channel. And um you know, one machines that built America, the Titans that built America, they've got all kinds of different names for it, but basically those kinds of things. And what I was trying to convey to Drew was like, if you think about where we were in the late 1800s and early 1900s, so we didn't have all these wonderful technologies that we have today, right? So, you know, you used to have to have a map if you were on your way to grandma's house and you didn't know how to get there, you know, directly. Or if you had to make a phone call, you know, you would have these, uh, uh, party lines, you know, so you would get on a line and you might be listening to somebody else's, but all of these things that came about and now they're in huge demand, you know, we, we wouldn't know what to do without them. You know, what would we do without our cell phones or our computers or whatever it is that we have because of the advent of, of, of innovation and the way people do innovation. And so if you apply it to the gods must be crazy, you know, un, unlike uh, that the tribal people who are fighting over it because it's only one, there's lots of different. So, you know, we can all have a cell phone and most people do have some kind of cell phone. So there's no demand like that for, you know, us having to share a phone, but the dependency that has become on these things. So, you know, where would you be without your phone? How many of us could go a whole day without looking at their phone? Just throw it off to the side and not look at it for any reason, Monday through Sunday, we can't because we become so addicted to it. You know, so unlike the tribal people who are fighting among themselves for the use of this, this Coke bottle, we now are fighting to use these things, to use them to be productive, to work, you know, to play, to care for our kids and all that stuff. And as you and I and Kirk were talking about uh, last week, you know, even trying to be secure because we've got so much new technology You've got all of these apps and all of these different things that want something from us. So the chaos has become internal versus external. So we're not fighting among ourselves to use our phones or to whatever, but we are fighting to stay safe within the advent of technology. And I'll leave it there with you. Today. Yeah, no, uh, I think that's absolutely true. And uh, sort of the other thing about these technologies is like, uh, not having them, like, even if I could go without my phone for a day or a week, which I, I will admit that I don't think that I could, like, that would put me at a disadvantage in a lot of ways as well, right? Like, if I don't have my phone, well, that makes it harder to communicate with my family. Uh, work is going to be a pain. Uh, you know, lots of little things where it's like, maybe if I could physically give up my phone, which they probably would have to rip it out of my hands, <laughs> just because <laughs> I love looking at it so much. And I'm definitely addicted. Like, you know, it puts you at a disadvantage. So thinking about like the tribe that uh, got the Coke bottle, um, there's only one of them and they can't reproduce it. And it's like this weird 
scarcity where, okay, well now this one, you know, one person can have this tool that they can use for all these cool things, but there's only one of them. And how do we get another one? Right? Like, how do we learn how to blow glass, which, you know, if it's the first time you've seen a Coke bottle, you definitely don't know how to do glass blowing. And I, I don't know how to do glass blowing either. It sounds, it sounds very hot. <laughs> and when I think about like how you were talking about sort of the, uh, what is it, industrial revolution where they were doing all of that stuff, like finally learning how to make cars and do all this, like, you know, for a car, I could definitely not make a car, but if you had a car to look at, like that's something that, you know, if you had enough smart people in a room, you could probably figure out how to make more cars. With a cell phone, you know, if I think, if I was living in a village, we didn't, or just living on the earth and a cell phone, you know, fell, into my backyard and picked it up and I turned it on and there was a screen and I could see Rochelle and it was talking to me and I could talk back like I, you're not gonna be able to recreate that like that technology is uh <laughs> unless you know the complete history of it like you know you're, you're not getting another cell phone that cell phone is the only one that village is getting and uh good luck with uh with anything else exactly and so the the problem you know you know, as, as with everything on the world, there is the gift and the curse, right? Mm -hmm. The gift. What will we do without technology? It saves time. It's convenient. It's got you, the ups, upsides of technology are endless, right? You could just mm -hmm. go on and on and on. But then look at how much we've lost. So I don't know. You have, how old is your son? Uh, 15. I don't know if it happens to you, but my son, he's 22. There is never a meal or a family event that we're at that he's not doing this. We're talking about something he look up, yep. <laughs> and so like, it's great that they invented this, but I lost my son at the same time. So I don't get quality time like I used to with my son, my daughter as well, same thing. You know, they don't know what to do without their phones. I mean, like if they put it down, they can't find it, it slips in between the couch or something, the world comes to a complete end. Oh, yeah. Everybody call my phone, call my phone, <laughs> what? You know, so it's that one of those things where, you know, the, the downsides of technology is while it's created so much convenience for us, it's taken so much away from us at the same time, right? So most of us cannot spell. Um, I would give you, uh, spell the word ubiquitous, and you don't have to, but majority of us cannot spell it because we don't have to spell it anymore. If you start typing in ubiquitous on your computer in a Word document or any kind of productivity, it finds the word and corrects your errors if you misspell it or whatever it is. You know, the I before the E and receive and believe and all those things. You don't have to know any of that anymore. Yes. So it's literally taken so much away from us that we don't need to know I should say that we don't need to, that we don't know that we may need to know. So what happens one day if your computer crashes or, you know, Word or Adobe or whatever is not working right and you need to type up a document or a proposal or something, what do you do? You've got to go and figure out, you know, you know, it, you know, one of the interesting things you can do, especially yeah. on your phone, you can turn off autocorrect, right? So it won't correct it. And it's amazing how many misspelled words in people's emails come when they turn off autocorrect, right? Oh, so yeah. you don't have, so the only thing I'm just saying is, is that our reliance on technology is wonderful and it's brought us to great places and it's done wonderful things for us, but it's also done a lot to harm us in ways that we don't even fully know now, probably won't know for generations to come because yeah. of what this means. So like, again, back to the phone, 
your head down? What has this done to your posture, right? So are you going to have back problems? So I was watching, um, there was this show, I think I told you about the show, this show on Netflix called Human. Uh, and it talks about the human body and all the things that go. And one of the things that it talks about is why there's so many people that have back problems. And mm-hmm. it's because the original, the original thing that we evolved from was a, 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 a walked on four legs versus bipedal that we are today. So, you know, all of these things that change. So, you know, just think, imagine how we're going to change because we were always looking at our phones. So will we destroy our posture? You know, how, uh, staring at a screen, especially since COVID, you know, have we hurt our eyesight? You know, all of mm-hmm. these things that we are subjecting ourselves to with the advent of technology. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, the autocorrect thing really sort of rings home for me. Like I know, I, f- I guess I've sort of lived in both worlds where I feel like I can spell mostly well, but at the same time, because everything autocorrects, if I'm in something that I know is going to autocorrect, a lot of times I will just type enough of the word so that it fixes it for me, right? Like all I need is to type enough of the word that it's going to autocorrect and then I will move on. And that means like, I'm not thinking about, you know, how these things are actually spelled. And honestly, like if autocorrect turned off, I wouldn't even know what I was spelling wrong. Like I would just see the words the way that, you know, they are in my head and I would go along. And really like the posture thing as well. And as we're speaking now, I feel like I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like totally hunched over like as we're talking on this laptop, but it's one of those things. And I'll say this, at least for me, it's been working from home where I'm sitting down a lot more. And a lot of times I'll notice like, I'll just have like horrible posture. Like I will be in a chair, barely, you know, just like somehow I've slumped down and I'm just like a little piece of slime that's <laughs> barely upright sitting, sitting in this thing. And it's like, oh yeah, I need to work on that, <laughs> how to sit up. Um, do you ever do the standing desks? So before um, my, uh, I don't even know how to say it. I won't even say it because I might make myself cry. But in my office, I always had a, stand desk and now in my office downstairs i have uh um uh what do you call the one that you sit on top of a desk and you can ride raise it and lower it okay whoever it is they're the ones who own they they own the market on those kinds of things so yes i do but uh i i sit i spend more time sitting reading and looking at a computer than i should at my age because my eyes are going my hearing is going and I'm always staring at a screen. So my question just is, where do we go from there? You know, what is it yeah. that we do and how do we sustain ourselves in the, in, in, you know, going where we're going, you know, with these things. So, you know, there's the, and it's been in, in, in the, in the, uh, the, the technology uh, uh, literature for a long time that you could do everything on a phone that you could do on a laptop. So, you know, they're encouraging, mm-hmm. well, they were encouraging people not to buy laptops or computers anymore because you can do everything on your phone. So this is your new computer. And so for a while, they were huge. You remember the phone used to look like, <laughs> it used to look like a tablet at one oh, time, yeah. so big. But I think it's coming back down to the little things. I saw that Samsung created this new little flip phone. So maybe we're going backwards. I don't know. <laughs> but, but you've got all these new things that are coming out there that, that are replacing how we used to do things and who will we become when we become so ingrained with this, that we don't know how to separate ourselves from this. Yeah. Do you think, so what, I think the big thing that keeps me from doing everything on a cell phone is being able to type. Like my fingers cannot type on a phone fast enough to like 
do like real typing, but I see people like, I mean, my son, my brother, even my wife, like they can type on there real fast. And I have not got that gene to type on the phones real fast. (laughs) Me either. And and I actually don't want it. Um, But I will say one of the things that when you were talking about autocorrect, most things will put, if you misspell a word, they'll put a red, red squiggly little Mm -hmm. line under it. So you can't just, not unless you just really don't care and send it off any kind of way. But I mean, for the most part, you know, whether you spelt the word wrong and you can either go fix it yourself or have your phone or whatever, fix it. But, but I think one of the interesting things, so one, one of the things I asked you was, can we start, you know, talking more about trends and technologies? And this is one of those things where the trend that I'm, I want to talk about or that we're talking about today is the effect on humans, right? So, um, you know, if you paid any attention to the Olympics, you saw a lot of people with uh, artificial limbs, you know, um, there's a, a man somewhere, I think he's in Boston that has a, a, a artificial eye. And I don't mean like, you know, they used to make these little glass eyes, they mm-hmm. sit in it, but they actually put a robotic eye in his eye. You know, what do we become? When we became, you know, remember the movie, the six million, the television show, the six million dollar man. You probably not old oh, yeah. enough. To remember that? Yeah. Well, but, I rem- I remember like the, uh, I like the theme of that. I don't know that I ever watched an episode, but I get the the na 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 where he's yes. running with the yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. But he so much of his body had been replaced uh, by by machinery, you know, so that he could do these things. And so when you think about these things, so. Marvel has these wonderful movies that people become things, you know, they fly from being a human to a, a, a what is it, a, a eagle or, you know, Iron Man or all, whatever <laughs> all these things are, you know, what happens when that becomes a reality? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know if it totally fits in here, but I always think about there's a, uh, oh, I think it's a book called John Dies at the End where they're talking, he's talking about getting an axe. And like he talks about how the handle broke, so he got a new handle and the blade broke, so he got a new blade and, you know, like pretty much totally replaced it. And then someone's like, hey, is that the axe that you used to use? And he's like, well, like sort of like it was the thing, but none of those pieces are the same anymore. And I think that's sort of how a lot of our technology works is, you know, we're just sort of like chipping away at these things until there's something totally different. Um, The application Yum, which was used on a lot of Linux boxes and written by a guy at Duke, like uh, he took another piece of software and sort of made it this yum thing. And then like eventually, even though it was based on that other piece of software, there were no lines of code from that original software anymore. So like, (laughs) can you even call it still like the old software? It's he took it and he's, you know, slowly ripped all of it apart and put something new together. And while it is very like similar to that old thing, like no pieces of that old thing remain anymore besides, uh, you know, like the spirit or the soul of the application. Now think about that in humans, right? So how much of ourselves will we eat away at to whatever the original human used to, if you think about this, if you believe in evolution, so from chimpanzees or whatever we evolved from, if you think about that evolution, the chimpanzee still exists. But there is no physical thing that a human being has that says it's a human being. Now, of course, DNA and all that other stuff says that we're still, you know, a chimpanzee. But but even with that, we don't have any of the physical characteristics of a chimpanzee. Imagine that with technology, right? So just imagine. 
someone wakes up and says, I can't see, and they get laser eye surgery, right? So you get a brand new mm -hmm. set of eyes, but literally that's just burning out dead cells in your eyes. But just imagine when somebody could say, we can replace your eyes with eyes that let you see 450 miles down the road, you know, no matter what the, the conditions are outside. Or you get like, so I think I told you this, so I have to have re re replacement shoulder. So my, my right shoulder needs to be replaced. So what do I become? So, you know, the ball, the socket, the joint, all the stuff all the way down, except for the hand becomes some kind of uh, artificial material. My hand still remains my hand, unless the damn arthritis has killed that and they decided to replace that too. But, but the point just is, it's like when you keep chipping away at whatever the thing is, is it still the thing? So your example of yum is perfect. So what happens when you keep chipping away, replacing parts, replacing parts? Is it still, are you still human? Are you, you know, where does humanity and innovation separate when you get to that place? And, and, you, and being the movie buff that you are, so iRobot, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> there are some really, really good movies out there that actually take a stab at this. You know, early on, there were lots of movies about artificial intelligence and they were placing humans and machine learning to think, you know, we talked about um, uh, what's the movie with um, Matthew Broderick, um, uh, War Games, you know, oh, yeah. all of those things where things start to think for us and then do we still exist? Yeah. Yeah, I like, uh, there's a, and actually this sort of relates back to Tesla, but have you ever seen the movie, The Prestige? I don't think so. It's a, got some violence in it. Uh, there's a little bit of violence, but it's not, it's not a horror movie. <laughs> it's about a magician who, who like, uh, he buys a cloning device from Nikolai Tesla, uh, spoilers for, uh, the Those who've never movie. seen it. <laughs> yes, yes. But part of it is like this cloning machine, like instead of, you know, doing a magic trick of, you know, I enter one box and come out another box. His magic trick is I'm like creating a clone of myself and the clone is coming out of the other box. But both the original and the clone end up, you know, being killed throughout the movie. So like, no matter what, it's the, you know, the copy of the person that remains. And it's like, oh, that's like really freaky. Like, <laughs> but that's coming, it's coming, yeah. you know? And you remember, remember Dolly? Remember the, the goat? Oh, yeah. or the what was it, a goat or a cow sheep. or something, sheep, something. Sheep. Yeah. Remember all the chaos and, and controversy around that, right? So there was that, you know, <laughs> then there was all that around test tube babies, you know, and you keep going and we keep making, you know, so there's, so I think it was maybe 10 years ago, they were talking about creating the perfect human. So some woman wanted a baby that had blue eyes, blonde hair, long life, you know, tall, thin, you know, and so she, she kept manipulating the gene pool to get that. And there was a lot of controversy about that, you know, about us creating the perfect human, which meant that eventually all of us imperfect humans would be eliminated by the perfect humans because we were imperfect. And just think about that. That's not science fiction or that's not something that we are hyper. Why can't I say these words that we're not work, we're not working on theories. These are things that will become reality at some point and yeah. where will humanity end up at the end because once you go so far down the road like like you were talking about the cell phone can we go back to a time where we don't have cell phones anymore where we don't use the phone anymore will we ever go back to where we will say hey i don't see a usefulness for the phone i'm gonna go back to you know uh morse code or you know uh you know party lines or something to communicate with people yeah 
I mean, I guess it could be like a trend type thing. Like, I don't think overall we would ever go back, but I can see sort of like the, uh, the attraction of doing, like if there is a small group of people that want to get together and like saying this almost sounds like it's forming a cult or something, but like, Hey, we're going to like go live on this commune. We're not going to have cell, like we're not going to have cell phones. We're just going to do everything the old way. And I mean, I guess in a lot of ways, that's sort of how the Amish community works, right? Like they found like this ideal time period from 1800s or something, some like, you know, some olden times and they said, Hey, this is perfect. This is what we like. This is what we're going to like. We're just going to live this lifestyle from here on out. And, you know, it seems to be doing all right for them. I, I haven't heard any awful things about Amish communities anyway, although I, I'm sure they're not listening to the podcast, unfortunately. No, they're not. I'm right now. But, but that's, that's just the questions in trends in technology. So when you think about technology as a whole, you know, there's so many parts of it that, that, you know, philosophers, you know, experts, you know, really need to have this ongoing dialogue with humanity about these things, you know, so we, 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 the, the people who make technology do not want us to have these conversations, because it means it could affect their bottom line. But in reality, you know, are we thinking about these things in a way to think about? So just think about your child, right? So you've got this beautiful son, he's growing up smart kid, you know, doing all these wonderful things. And somebody out there, so, uh, um, Bezos or, or uh, you know, the Bill Gates or whoever the richest people are decide that they want to create a perfect human and they want to put him on Mars or put him somewhere else. What's the, what's the risk to the people that are back here? So your son, my son, what's the risk to these people back here? And that, that someone can think of that, that someone can sit down and think, well, I want to, you know, so when we, Bezos and the Virgin guy was going to the moon or wherever they were flying to, we were not shocked by that, right? So that was all forever the providence of NASA, right? To go fly out of space. But now humans, just rich enough humans can fly their own machines out of space. So what next is on the horizon for us? And why, why aren't we thinking and having discussions about these among ourselves and our colleagues so that we can control what happens as opposed to being subjected to what happens? Yeah, yeah. It's sort of a, I guess coming from a theater background, like sort of the scary thing that I think about and when we talk about like a perfect human or like, you know, removing all these imperfections, like from generations is like, like, where's all the art going to go if there's no imperfections? Like, where do all the stories go? Where do all the books go? Where do all the movies go? Like, if things are not, uh, if everything is, if all humans are, you know, physically perfect, that seems like a very boring world. <laughs> But somebody thinks that's a world that needs to exist. But I mean, if yeah. you think about it again, being the movie buff you are, think about think about the original Godfather movies or mm -hmm. Scarface. Unfortunately, I've seen both of them too, way too much violence. <laughs> but but think about them in context now. So if you were to watch, um, what is the new Mars Shang Shang Chi or something like Shang that Chi. coming out? Yeah, yeah, it's coming out. Think about that in context too. A movie like the godfather or whatever the the technology that was used to make the movies including the color the way the screens are all of that stuff the pixels the lighting all that stuff mm -hmm. we've modified and we've grown so much we've been so innovative with technology now that we can make we can probably make godfather a hundred times better or scuff say hello to my little friend make it so much better because so everything evolves to another level the question is it's like so we enjoy the new innovative innovations in movie and technology and television streaming who would have thought streaming would become mm -hmm. but all of these think about how much we enjoy and how much but if you look back on a 
old movie or something like that. And you're like, God, that was terribly made. Or, oh, that was terrible. And that's the path, right? So you still have the old to look at to some degree. You know, some of the old movies are still around. around. Some of them you can't even buy anymore. Um, One of the best movies, I would say, if you can buy, a lot of people don't think about this, but uh, um, uh, what is the name of the book? Uh, The one where the black, where the white man is a lawyer and he's defending a black man who is uh, supposedly had done something to a white person. uh, oh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird? To Kill a Mockingbird. The movie To Kill a Mockingbird. It's hard to find now, yeah. you know, because it's going away. But I'm sure somebody's going to retell that story in a few years and remake it, make it so much prettier and, and fancier and all that other stuff. But the movie then, To Kill a Mockingbird is probably one of the best made movies ever because of the characters, right? The little mm-hmm. girl, the little boy, all the characters bring that story to life. Another one of those good movies is 12 Angry Men. I don't know if you've ever seen that. But it's oh, yeah. Excellent yeah. movie. You know, the 12 men in a room, all with opinions and ideas, you know, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I think they have recently remade that or we're talking about remaking, remaking it. But the technology that was used to make those movies, you know, it looks terrible. It, it doesn't look, you know, like it, you, you know, it was it's an old movie when you think about technology that way. So go back and look at the first cell phone. Remember the brick? It was like 12 foot oh, long. Yeah. You had the big old <laughs> antenna. It hurt your arm to hold it, you know. And, and now this thing here, what does it weigh like, you know, what, 12, 13 ounces or something like that? Very, very light, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, we're always dropping it and breaking it. So whatever it is, whereas that big old giant, I think if you'd have dropped it, you probably would have broke the cement on the sidewalk, right? <laughs> <laughs> the phone. But that, but where we've gone, and as we improve on these things and go to the next level, what at what cost? What I'd sort of like about how the way movie technology has gone is like, so thinking back on like Godfather and uh, uh, Scarface, like they did not have computers back then, right? Like they did film, they like literally shot on like actual film. They could make beautiful stuff, but it was, you know, it was real film. And then, you know, they started getting into the, I guess in the early 2000s with the CGI stuff, they were like, oh, we can do these computer generated graphics. And I think even today, CGI is not 100%. Like it's, yeah. it's great, but it's not, it's not like what filming something would look like. And I feel like the movies that have done well have been the things that have sort of merged both like the classic, like do something on film and enhance it with CGI. Like you can sort of merge the two together and things look good, especially around like effects. Like maybe you don't want an entire monster to be CGI, but maybe you can highlight it with CGI, right? Like it's still a person in a suit or a robot or, you know, some sort of practical thing, but just like adding sort of the flair on with uh, with CGI, I think is useful. One other thing that uh, that makes me think of is, and this is something I had not realized until recently, but I, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when you stream things, a lot of times, if there's a lot of black on the screen, it's hard to screen and uh, it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, for streams to like show correctly. So you'll see like little shades of black. And because of that, people have stopped putting what they call like true black in films as much. And they've said like, all right, we're not gonna have like, you know, this stark contrast of complete blackness. We're gonna make it a little gray or mix some whites in. And that's just because it doesn't stream well. And and that's like changing, you know, the color palette of films, which is, seems sort of crazy, but it's what you gotta do because everything is streaming now and people want their streaming to look, you know, as good as it can be. 
look like it looks like in the movies when you go to the movies or the IMAX or wherever you go, you want it to look exactly like that. But but again, I, I go back and say what I said earlier, you know, as human beings, we have a responsibility to each other to see that we create the best possible experience for our lives, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so um, there's a, a thing in the uh, Black community uh, about uh, the stories, you know, the old stories of slavery, you know, Africa, whatever it is, what happens to those stories, because the young people aren't interested in those stories. Young people are not interested in in knowing about, you know, when when they some person was lynched or, you know, what how how we got these bodies that we have now. So if you look at an African and you look at a Black person, a Black American, the body structure is so, so different because, you know, what happened to Af- African-Americans in, in America. So, but nobody wants to, so if those stories aren't captured and recorded, what happens? And, and, and to use the Holocaust as an example, if you don't know what happened in the past, there's no way you can tell what's going to happen in the future. And if you don't have a good, good, a good source of that information, do that. And that's what's happening with technology. We are moving at the speed of sound. So I'm sure Apple has every iPhone they've ever made. But what, I don't know why I'm splashing, but uh, <laughs> what what would make us want that older flip phone or that older brick phone? Why would we want that? And there are a lot of arguments about that why you should have one or the other. So as technology continues to move at the speed of sound or light, whichever it's faster, it seems like to me, we owe it to have a real conversation about where we're going and what does that mean for generations to come. So my great grandchildren will not recognize an iPhone, uh, you know, as whatever this is. Okay, it needs to stop flashing. I don't know why it's flashing. It's got it's a mind of its own. It's, it's possessed over there. But, uh, you know, but what does that mean that 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 my my great grandchildren won't know what an iPhone is, you know, or even the fact that not even know what a laptop is or what, you know, any of the things that we're so we're, we're so comfortable with, they may not know. Thank you for listening to Eminent Teachnology. If you like the show, please review, subscribe and recommend us to your friends and family. We'd love to hear feedback from you as well. You can email us at eminentteachnology at gmail.com. See y'all soon.